Josefina. I'm your other host, Letha. And today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 6, Take a Right. And today's episode synopsis from IMDb, Johnny goes for a ride with some old friends. Kreese continues to exert his authority at Cobra Kai. I feel like authority is not quite the right word. It's more like... Uh, he spins his web or some sort of something more sinister. Yeah, his his Pied Piper like machinations take yeah. over Cobra Kai. He's twirling his evil mustache. He does a lot of evil mustache twirling, which is impressive for a man who has no facial hair, definitely. God, I can just imagine the actor being in some like class where they're like, okay, give us your best evil glower. And he's like, this is my ticket. He's he, built an entire... I want to see what else he's been in. Like, I have to is admit... Is he creasing, kind of, in every role he plays? Because I cannot creasing. imagine him doing anything else. That is a good way to put it. He creases through this entire episode. Yeah. It. You know what? I'm getting kind of sick of crease. I am. I know what you said earlier, which is that he's the best part of the season, and he is entertaining and, and sometimes unintentionally funny. <laughs> but my God. Like, to... So perhaps we should back up and uh, talk about, like, well, Johnny is out of the dojo this week. Yes, we open to the first scene, which is Miyagi-Do lays in ruin after Hawk and company laid waste. Um, and you see uh, you see Daniel, like, surveying the toilet paper and the graffiti all over the place. And then you cut to Cobra Kai, where Johnny's forcing all of his students to do push-ups that until one of them confesses. I know. I, I was like, ah, good for you, Johnny. Like, it's the honorable thing to do, but it's done in a really Cobra and, Kai I way. Mean, what else could could do it besides burpees? Like, I thought, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, just Very looking effective. at them. I, I fell for them, definitely. I mean, how long do you think they were doing burpees for? Let's just talk about this. Because sometimes I... I wonder if I'm just out of shape, but like five minutes, ten minutes of burpees, twenty minutes. I have it on good authority, my own, that the human body cannot survive more than ten burpees. I, wouldn't they all be like wildly losing it and accusing each other by then? I mean, what's his name? Stingray keeps threatening to vomit, so that's something. The fuck is Stingray? Oh, the, the Home Depot guy. Home Depot guy. He yeah. won't be known as Home Depot guy. Yeah, Home Stingray, Depot guy. Who yes. Is in the t- I'm sorry, I'm actually no, spoiling it because later in a later episode he gives himself the moniker Stingray. That's right, right she now has a better he's, memory than I do. He's just Home Depot guy. He's currently Chubbs, though. Chubbs, that is his nickname John. right yeah. now. Um, and so as they're they're doing endless push-ups, and you see you get the Hawk's guilty, tired face. You see Crease pouting at the front of the class as always, and you know nobody's confessing. Um, and then Johnny gets a phone call. Uh, which is what takes him away from Cobra Kai Dojo for the rest of the episode, and it's that his old friend is sick. We will get to that, yeah. but I want to talk about all the creasing, because yes. when when Johnny's gone, Crease is in charge. Um, you get a lot of crease lessons. Basically, the next time you see him with the Cobra Kais, like, they're doing push-ups, um, and they're like, somebody should confess. And he does this thing where he's like, well, I'll tell you who did it. Hawk did it, and Diaz did it. And Miss Robertson did it, and he did it, and she did it, and you all did it. You know what I think is crazy is that these Cobra Kai teens clearly spend a lot of, like, not just the time in their dojo together, but they're spending all of their free time Mm -hmm. hanging out with each other. Isn't it obvious it was Hawk? Like, who else could it have been? Right, he probably came back with spray paint on his hands or something. He is the most likely suspect. Right, just look at him. And also, he's not particularly good at hiding it. He's, like, looking around nervously. Mm -hmm. Like, no one seems to care. Like, after two burpees, I'm dragging Hawk out No, I'd be like, it was probably Hawk. We all know it was Hawk. Look at this psycho right here. 
But no, instead, like, Kreese is like, and I, I whispered to you while we were watching it, he's like encouraging a blue wall of silence. All of you are one. If one of you did something, you all did it, and it doesn't matter They're who They're all going to eventually become cops, perhaps. Yeah, and the thing that I, I have this question for you, because the next scene you see is he's like, well, great, now that you're all like a cult, it's time for you to start your real training, where um, he has Tori fight chubby kid with the curly hair whose name escapes right. me. A lot of unnamed characters in this season. Unnamed teen six. Right. And he's fight, she's fighting him. She basically gets him down on the ground, which is in any karate match, a point for her. And then Kreese is like, well, what are you waiting for? Finish it. And, you know, that's that. And, you know, Miguel's the one who's like, she already scored the point. Like, come on, what the hell are you doing? But Kreese is like, well, in the real world, there are winners. Do you want to play the speech? We can play it. Yeah. Just... Sensei Lawrence is right, of course. In a tournament, the fighting stops when you land a point. But in the real world, it's not about scoring points. It's about being a winner or a loser. And there are no losers in this dojo. So I find this interesting is because like what we've been musing for some time, perplexed, laying awake at night. What is Kreese's end game? Thank you. Yes. Is, is he, I mean, maybe like the, the writers need to choose a frame. Like, is he, exactly. I wrote down, what is the point of Kreese in my notebook? <laughs> Kreese is a concept. Uh, Kreese is an idea. Um, is it just that he perhaps is suffering from PTSD from all the, Wars he may or may not allegedly fought in, fought in. the last three hundred years. Immortal Creed, the Boer War, still like right, the Boer War, whatever he saw there, um, and then that it would all make sense. Like he's just kind of somewhat unhinged, and he always feels like he's like Rambo. You know, it, yeah, he it would. He's still in the jungle. It would make more sense to me if I thought that Kreese was convinced that there was like an apocalyptic cult about to take over America and he had to train these teens to survive. Do you know what I mean? Like, he seems a bit too with it to be that delusional. He's not that, and he's also not, like, kind of coldly deciding to take over the dojo from a business perspective either. Right. In which case, why would you try to basically... What does finish him mean? Does that mean, like, kill this boy? (laughs) In which case, you're down one more student. Right, and it's like, okay... So your students, like, they, this is a sport, right? Karate is a sport. There are tournaments for it. You're teaching them moves that will just get them eliminated from the tournament. So what's the point of that? And, like, or you're trying to teach them how to survive on the mean streets of Reseda? Like, what? I think he's, when he said Cobra Kai is not a hobby or, like, a community, I, I think he's saying it's actually more like a gang. Like, sure, you might get, you might bond over this brutal way of life, but essentially it's... But again, this would make more sense to me if he was training them to, like, start mugging people. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the end? Maybe that's season three. Maybe. Like, if he wants, like, a little gang of karate teenagers, then he's got one. At least that would make some logical sense. It's MS-14 now. Right. If he wants to take over the drug trade in some strip mall, he's got a team. Great. But he's not. He's just trying to take over the dojo and make everybody, like, a violent sociopath, I guess? I don't know. I mean, it's... I'm not saying that's not a way that Kreese would go, but I'd like to see a reason for that beyond just, like, that's how I was raised, or whatever his bullshit is. Yeah, Kreese just wants to train the students to align with his view of the world, which is that it's a hostile, 
evil place and you know show no mercy which is which would actually if if Chris was portrayed as somebody with like PTSD, then I would be like, oh, that's dark, but I get it. But instead, he's almost portrayed more as a huckster. Like, I don't really. Part of me doesn't think he's ever been in any war. Part of me <laughs> thinks he's a draft doctor. He's after, a homeless yeah, grifter. Sure. After after this brutal lesson, he actually checks himself into a salon and gets his <laughs> nails done. He's like, ah, then the, the good life. I, I mean, I could go for that <laughs> twist too, but instead I you're know. just meant to think he's like a weird homeless grifter who wants these teens to become homicidal. What? Yeah. Why? Can, um, actually, I mean, we can transition to the teens now because there actually isn't a lot of like teen storylines too much. Um, but I will say connected to Crease. The people that are falling for Crease's bullshit... Um, are the ones you would expect. Yeah, exactly. So Miguel is kind of understandably disturbed and kind of intervenes. And Crease is like, okay, I've got my eye on you now. Um, and later, when him and, and Tori are sparring, I guess this relationship is a thing now. It's kind of introduced with no real fanfare. But anyway... Hey, they kissed in that last episode, and now they kiss on the regular. Yeah, sure. That's okay. how teens work. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, I don't know, guys. That's how the kids do it. Anyway, it's a cash thing. I, anyway, so, and and Miguel wants to talk about Crease being Crease, and Tori's like, she's just, I, I don't know, perhaps she's also has PTSD from her mean life on the wrong oh, side yeah, of the Oh, yeah, because you get to hear, like, a little Tori backstory, which is, I mean, she grew up poor, uh, her mom had a job at a restaurant where she would take leftovers home, and then she got fired for it one day. And, you know, obviously it seems like they didn't have a lot to eat in their household. And anyways, what she says is interesting because she's like, well, you know, I think Reese's lesson makes sense because, like, the world doesn't hand everybody um, everything. Some people have to fight for what they have. Life shows no mercy, so why should we? And I was honestly just like, I feel like learning to kick someone's ass and, like, maim them will not help you get food. Like, that metaphor would have made more sense if it was about, like, her mom warding off an attacker or not being able... Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, I feel like when you're like, life shows no mercy, so I won't, that's more like, well, then, you know, you should probably start stealing instead of, like, actually learning to, like, kick ass really hard. Right? I don't know. Maybe you can do both, though. Yeah, right? Like, steal from a country club and learn to kick ass. Yeah, sure. Steal the alcohol, then break it. But that's the thing. It's like, I feel like that's a good lesson to take from that, which is like, steal from the rich when you can, because they don't give a shit about you, right? That, I I support that lesson, but the kick a man when he's down, it's like, does that help, though? I mean, logically speaking, I mean, then you just get charged with assault. What are you, what are you trying to do, Tori? (laughs) What is anybody trying to do? I'm sorry, I sound like a cranky old man. I don't know. Yeah, I will say that's... We'll, we'll do this in stray observations or kind of like global wrap-ups, but I'm kind of very confused by Cobra Kai now. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like an overarching thought. I'm like, what's happening? So what's ha- should we do Miyagi-Do then? Yes. Should we? Yes. We Okay, so it's unfortunate that they keep trying to make Miyagi-Do a thing and uh, like a <laughs> counterbalance in this karate world to Cobra Kai, and yet every time that... Miyagi-Do makes an appearance, it's like, yeah, we're all just exasperated. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why it's, if it's because Daniel's lessons are so cliche or like it involves Robbie, who is the poisonous agent and all of this. I'll say, uh, if, 
as I said in the last episode, if the entire Miyagi-Do scenes were just about Daniel training Dimitri, I could have been a very happy person, because um, that's just funny. But now there's like now other there's like people. 75 other students. I want to say I counted. There are eight Miyagi-Do students, and three of them do not have names and never will. Wow. So yeah. a bunch of people defected from Cobra Kai. Five. Five people defected from Cobra Kai. Right. I count the extras, okay? Yeah, I mean... Um, and I'm still not exactly sure why. I mean, as I said in the last episode, like, I don't really know what the tipping point was for them. Um, but they're at Cobra Kai. Or they're at, uh, yeah, at Miyagi-Do now. Um, and I also... <laughs> what's interesting is that they happen to join Miyagi-Do at just the point where Miyagi-Do is trashed by the Cobra Kai. Well, really just Hawk. Um, and so it's a weird point where, like, they're coming in and they're like, okay, we thought we are going to get some kind of karate lesson, but instead we're going to get Miyagi memories hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, like, lots of cleanup of the dojo and stuff. And it's like, you know, they, they didn't do it. So it's a little bit like, what a time to join. You're right, when you're just, like, on yard like, work. Like, can't duty. you save this for another time? And that this is just my longstanding theory, is that Daniel doesn't need karate. Daniel needs a therapist. Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> this entire thing, these students are all just props to allow him the outlet to express his grief about losing Miyagi. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's, it's just nuts. You're right. That's actually quite sad when you put it that way. Cause I mean, yes, Johnny's also kind of exercising his demons through karate as well. was also an income source. You know, like, it's about more than that. Whereas I feel like Daniel kind of... This entire exercise in building a dojo and all of that, which, by the way, he's blowing off his regular job for. Oh, you do get a scene of his wife looking pretty upset that he's not going to be at the car dealership, the source of their actual income. Yeah, I mean, if you were Amanda LaRusso and you're like, hey, I've been kind of taking all these meetings on my own, and and he's just like, well, my dojo got trash. And it's like, you mean our backyard? You mean our property that that you call a dojo now? To be fair, I do not think it is That's their actual it. I'm backyard. Gonna, I'm going to call my but... kitchen a dojo. And when it's dirty, I'm going to be like, my dojo is dirty. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I think that she honestly, like, even when she looks irritated, she's not as irritated as she should be, which is just like, what the fuck are you doing? But you're right, because I, I do think that, you know why Johnny is doing this. Actually, he says so in this episode, that it's like, aside from this being a source of income and pride for him, it's like... I want to keep these kids from making the same mistakes I made. I don't want them to look back at their lives with regret. And, you know, that's that's a decent motive. Like, Daniels is always a little all over the place. Um, but he does have, like, on the surface, his motive is to make these kids better. And, like, this is his way of being like, well, of course we'll welcome Cobra Kai's because we're going to teach them to be better. And then le- this leads to, like... One of the eye-rolliest scenes in this episode where, like... Oh, God. You know, Robbie, of all people, is like, I can't believe we've let them into our dojo. Once a Cobra Kai, always a Cobra Kai. Again, you think it's... Robbie's just annoyed that his surrogate father now has other... Surrogate children? Oh, yeah. And doesn't he realize that, like, Daniel doesn't care about these other students? I mean... Three of them are never named. Yeah, sure. But, um... He's, like, great at a larger audience for my Miyagi stories. And I... I will say, of the five, I think five students who joined uh, Miyagi-Do in this episode, one is Chris, who just got a name in the last episode, formerly one of Hawk's, like, thugs. All right, he got a SAG card. Yeah. (laughs) And then one of them is little Asian kid, 
who like just have the best lines. What if it's episode. Kyler's younger brother? Oh, I want to believe that. I do. God, bring back Kyler, yeah. guys. Do but it. Kyler, Kyler was like, tailor made for Cobra Kai. He was. But Kyler's little bro, who is, which is what I'll call him, and by the way, how racist of you to imply that the only other Asian character is somehow related to the only other hey, Asian character. Hey, come on. You know that's how it works in sitcom universes. Fair. Kyler, Kyler Jr., um, who's quite adorable, like, you know, when uh, Daniel asks him, like, what he's learned in Cobra Kai, he says, strike first. Strike hard. No mercy, sir. And also, don't be a pussy. And those are his lines in this episode, and I, I could not agree more, definitely. Yeah. That's what he learned. Um, but now they're all like... But the way Daniel treats them is like he, he acts like he's the cult deprogrammer, and he has to like... Yeah, they've all been corrupted yeah. by Cobra Kai. And then he tells a story when Robbie like speaks up where he's like, but you see, anyone can be seduced by the rottenness of Cobra Kai. For you see, I too My was Cobra favorite. Kai. Yes. Christ. Um, this is a reference to the Karate Kid 3, Nina's favorite movie. So Which I'll it now let her feels like, it. yes, Karate Kid Part 3, for those who haven't seen it, is, is the most entertaining, the most wildly 80s of the Karate Kid movies. Um, it has nine kind of... It is deeply stupid, but hey. But it also closely, I think, it most closely matches the energy of the show in terms of, like, wacky 80s hijinks. Like, if you're wondering, what are the motivations of any of these characters? <laughs> including, like, Kreese's entire persona belongs from in that movie. Like, I bet Kreese, like, he started out just kind of like a generic evil guy in the first movie. And yeah, then, he was like, a douche who wanted his dojo to win. Right. Which at least is fairly like straightforward. logical. Right? right. I don't remember the second movie at all, but it almost doesn't matter because the third movie to me, uh, and that's the one they kind of end with before they reboot the Karate Kid series, uh, that to me is what... Off the wall. Yeah, and that's why it, it, it has the same elements that Cobra Kai, the show, has. Yeah, Nina, help me out. Help me out. Okay. I think that the plot of that one is, well, as Daniel says in this episode, like, he wants to fight in a tournament. This is a year after, like, the original All-Valley tournament. And Miyagi basically doesn't think karate should be used to, like, win trophies, so he won't teach him. So I think that he gets another karate instructor who, it turns out, is secretly a Cobra Kai instructor who's been working with Kreese yeah. to yeah. bring down Dan. No. Oh, God. Daniel, who's like a 15-year-old, right? To bring down Miyagi, and it's... Well, actually, Kreese is pretty hilarious in that, too, but, um... God. <laughs> and somewhere along the line, Kreese faked his own death? Yes, there's a cliff scene where there's bonsais being destroyed. Guys, it is a wild ride. We will be watching and reviewing this uh, as part of our efforts, as yeah, part of our life's and, work. Yeah, and honestly, nothing can match it in the Karate Kid canon. Nothing. Um... So yeah, I I love there there are some flashes of Terry Silver, little teases. Um, That's all you wanted, is right? Is he Miguel's father? I mean, who can say? He's not Miguel's father, but guys, tweeted us if you think he's Miguel's father. He <laughs> is. I mean, I will. This is one of those theories I'm standing by. I can't even rule that out at this. One point. One has black hair, the other has black hair. Do the math, guys. You know, fair. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I hate that you're probably right. But, uh, yes, yeah, so that happens. That Terry Silver, Daniel LaRusso flashback happens. And, you know, his basic point of this all is that anyone, even Daniel, can get seduced by Cobra Kai's evilness. 
Uh, yeah, and is... you know what I didn't like about that? I mean, so many things, but it was just like, you see this reasonable man standing in front of you who's like the epitome of calm and zen and Miyagi lessons. Even I, too, have have taken a right or turned right, whatever the episode title is. Even I Maybe. have danced with the devil at least Yeah, once. exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, look at the decisions you've made this entire season and last season. Like, no one's looking at you and thinking, this is a guy with his life together. <laughs> like, you are blowing off work to fix up your dojo. Your free dojo. And- Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, like yesterday you were trying to like hit up people at the country club and like scare them into sending their kids here. Um, yeah, so I, I agree. And also like I do think that he's probably right about Cobra Kai as it is right now, which you said it, as you very aptly described is kind of all over the place right now. But I think it's an unfair characterization of his rival dojo, you know, as if it's like uh, the world of evil. But obviously that's where Daniel's coming from. Daniel's always been a little bit uh, black and white about this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. But the end of the episode, um, Dimitri and Chris, and remember Chris tried to beat him up in a mall once at Hawk's Command, are working together to lift like a big stone thing, and they managed to do it together, working together, and Daniel is beaming proudly, and I just kept thinking if that fell on them, it would break their legs. Yeah, there's just no nuance at all. Uh, There's no like hidden motivations there's just there's no what what's interesting is that Miyagi-Do seems to lack all authenticity like when I'm watching at least Cobra Kai maybe less so in season two but more in season one you could see kind of like oh I understand why like even the Hawk episode from from yeah last week where Mm -hmm. you can see why Hawk joined yeah there's like a sense of like okay we understand what like what gap is like is in his life that Cobra mm-hmm. Kai is filling, whereas like Miyagi Do, it's like one they one half those students don't even have names. Um, it's yeah. really just a podium for Daniel to like go down memory lane, which he doesn't need. He doesn't need an excuse, right? And like I suppose Chris, you understand why he left Cobra Kai because he didn't want to be um, Hawks. Bully yeah, but stooge. what else is Chris about? But what, what else is Chris's origin story? Yeah, and like the other four kids who do not have names, like why they leave? Why did like uh, Kyler Jr. leave? I don't know. He seems to like the "Don't be a pussy" motto. So what's? I don't know. Unless they're doing something where like, I, I want to see what percentage of these students that have now joined Miyagi Do will then eventually drop out, and they're like, "This is fucking boring." <laughs> like, right? I mean. We saw the exercise. You can't come from like a high octane place like Cobra Kai, which maybe they found a little intense with Crease. But they're like, at least we were doing karate. Well, they did katas at the end of this. That's karate. That counts. I'm just like, God, you put me in the position of defending Miyagi Do. I hate this. Notably, that was like a 10 second flashback. They spent the rest of the time watching two other students move a rock. That is true. They, they did. Do yeah, that. we saw those extras. They weren't doing shit. They weren't doing anything. They were just kind of like milling. Um, the definition of milling. Oh, God. I mean, there's creasing, there's milling. This episode really does have it all. I mean, I want to say, and I know I keep saying this, the problem with this season is that they really want to make this Tale of Two Dojos thing happen. And and we're dying for a third dojo, right? Right, the third dojo option. But, yeah, it's just kind of like, I get it in the sense that, like, it, it it sounds cool. These two rival dojos competing. We never got that in the Karate Kid movies when Miyagi only had one student. I totally get Sadly, it. Sadly, Terry Silver didn't open up his own dojo. Uh, that would have been the I best third dojo option. Student. Stop perving about Terry Silver. <laughs> I'm not perving. 
everything about Terry Silver. Listeners, you're not in the room, but there's there's some perviness going oh, on. Oh, please. It's, Do, should we talk about how much you gushed about Miguel all of season one? Miguel is a child, for God's sake. I sakes. know he's a child. Do you know that? Anyway, guys. These, these aspersions that are being cast are totally unfair. Um, <laughs> these Terry Silvers of age. <laughs> Terry Silvers' his dad, apparently. Um, Oof, got that dad in me. Uh, <laughs> Moving on to a far less disturbing topic, uh, Johnny's storyline. Yeah. Oh wait, never mind. This was just like a chance for you to ogle all those middle-aged men. I. Um, sorry, but Terry Silver was twenty-seven in the third movie. These dudes are all solidly boomers. Wait, actually, sorry. This is a little karate karate kid trivia, but apparently Terry Silver, twenty-seven in that movie, and Ralph Macchio was. What? I think a few years older. He was almost thirty. That is so bizarre. Yeah. Um. Anyways, back to the back to the podcast. Uh, so yeah, so like, um, yes, what did you think of this reunion of, so like, I guess we can set the scene, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy, one of the, if kids, you guys recall from Karate Kid who 1, Tommy guys, uh, yeah, in that movie, uh, Johnny Lawrence and his fellow Cobra Kai's like, you know, they, they all had names, believe it or not. I kind of didn't really remember, but there's like a Jimmy, there's a Tommy and there's a Bobby. And Good Lord, these names. I know, right? But Johnny gets a call at the beginning of the episode from, I believe, I believe Bobby? Jimmy. Yeah. It doesn't Shit. matter. He gets a call from, like, one of his old buddies, and it turns out that their their buddy Tommy is in a hospice. He's dying. He's got cancer. Um, and it's kind of cool to see, like, all these guys who, yes, I wasn't really aware of what their names were, but it's kind of cool to see them all grown up, especially because we didn't see the Karate Kid one that long ago um, for this podcast. So it's like, you know, one of them grew up to be a priest. One of them, I don't know what he does, but he's got a Bluetooth on, and he's talking to his wife and kids, so he seems like he's pretty squared away. Um, Tommy is, well, dying. But, you know, it's nice wow, to see them all reunited. Wow, grim. Um, okay, yeah, I have to say, Johnny is clearly aged the best. Oh, That's what yeah, I wrote. Definitely. Like, Full head of hair, all of that. What's happening here? I mean, yeah, Tommy and, and I think it's Billy, Jimmy, oh, God. Donnie. Jimmy, yes, um, no, Bobby. Tommy matter. and Bobby are both bald. Tommy, I mean, understandably, has had chemo. Bobby is just unlucky. Um, but they all decide that, like, since Tommy's dying, they're going to bust him out of there and take him on a road trip. Yeah, uh, it's a nice thing to do for a dying yeah. friend. I hope you do that for me when I'm dying. Oh. Hell yes. Thank you. I love that they all had, like, kept their dirt bikes and whatnot. Um, I think that they rented... I was like, watching closely, because I thought that too, but I think they might have actually rented motorcycles. Wow, so this was all planned. Okay. I guess. And they, they each have, like, a little sleeping bag at the back. They're going okay. camping, guys. So, yeah. I guess it's more like looking back at the past and learning a lesson. I don't know. I just found this whole reunion kind of, like, sweet, and I think it... I don't know, if you see this entire season as, like, Johnny's arc, he's clearly, like, putting the past in perspective in a way that Daniel is not. Like, Daniel's, like, all over the place, whereas I feel like Johnny's, like, okay, nodding at my old Cobra Kai past and the friendships I made in this brutal place, um, and then I'm going to get on with my life. Um, I think that I read in a review of this episode somewhere that, like, it... This was like a pointless diversion. And it's like, it is probably not necessary, but it's just nice. I don't know. Like it they... is. It's, yeah, it's fan service in a way. You know, for all those Bobby heads, Donnie heads. 
the people that are like, where the hell is Jimmy at? I always wondered. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's right here, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's on his Bluetooth, goddammit. And like, and it, there's also some kind of interesting callbacks that nobody would notice unless they saw the Karate Kid like three weeks ago like we did. But like, Bobby, who was the most sensitive of the goons in Karate Kid 1, you know, he was the one who actually apologized to Daniel after taking a cheap yeah. shot at him. He, he grows up to be a priest or a pastor. That's, like, nice. and Like all guilty people. Right? So he, he <laughs> gets... like, I beat up a lot of nerds in high school. I, gotta work I got a lot of Jesus. blood on my hands. And God he does it. work through with Jesus. So good for him. And um, Also, Tommy, I believe, is the one who calls out, somebody get a body bag. And spoiler, at the end of the episode, Tommy does die... While they're out in the woods, and somebody gets a body bag for him. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, not nice. Yeah, like, you loved it. You no, know, I mean, it I is nice. I love those it's callbacks, a, yeah. And, you know, you get to also see them, like, you get to see them react to uh, figuring out what's up with Johnny. Because, like, they're all, like, kind of just, like, updating so, each other so on they their lives. You don't think they've seen or talked to each other really in 20 years? Actually, when Johnny picks up the phone, um, when I guess it's Bobby who calls... He's like, hey, man, it's been too long. But it's also not like, hello, who are you? So, And I feel like they probably, like, talk once in a while, but, like, they're not, like, hanging out every week, you know? Yeah. Like, it seemed like the kind of thing where maybe every couple of years they get together. Um, what were my notes from this? So they end up at a bar, and they're, like, throwing back some brewskis, <laughs> as you do. Um, and I feel like... So one I wrote, uh, I guess Allie comes up, and I feel like it's just heavy foreshadowing, because mm-hmm. they got to keep Allie kind of in the Allie's in the game, man, even though Allie she's gets, not here. Yes. God. The the siren hold of Allie, Helen of Troy. So Johnny was like... He's talking about how like Allie broke up with him when he got really drunk one night. And it's interesting, because they're all laughing and joking and everything, but as soon as he says that, like, yeah, Allie dumped me that night, everybody grows silent, like, you know. Oof. The day the music died. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they did date for two years. As we discussed on the first movie, when the movie started, it, it just seemed like they were coming off the heels of a breakup, and you're like, did Allie just go on a few dates with this 80s bully? Two years, guys. Yeah. They did it for two years. So, Allie's got some explaining to do, because and we see the appeal of Johnny now, but... Back then, movie, it's like, he's it, a big bully, yeah, asshole, I mean, douche. That's half your high school career. And, I mean, you kind of have to wonder, like, was he not like that until they broke up? I, I don't, you know, you don't yeah. quite get it, or maybe you're not seeing his sensitive side or whatever, but... Yeah, it's it seems like they were in, like, a long relationship, and Johnny clearly is, like... I mean, he actually ends up saying later to Tommy when Tommy, for some reason, confesses that he, too, was in love with Allie but never had the guts to ask her out. And, and you know, Johnny's like, I just never got over her. Yeah. Actually, uh, thing about timing. So he talks about opening up Cobra Kai again as a dojo, and they're all kind of surprised. How long... Has the dojo been open and running? Do you think I how much time has elapsed since season one? I think about one a year. year. Yeah. So he hasn't talked to these people in one year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like again brings me back to who is his, who are his friends, and who is social circle? Because I was like, maybe they all kind of stayed in the area, nobody left, and so like all your best friends from high school again are now currently your best friends, but he hasn't talked to them in a year, so. I'm just thinking, I need just way more backstory about what Johnny's been up to for 20 years. He's been, like, 
you know, doing contracting work. Yeah, but what, like, what is his day-to-day? Like, who's he hanging out with? And, like... Nobody. He drinks a Coors and he goes He doesn't... To... He didn't even discover the internet until earlier this, like, season. I mean, without the internet, what are you doing? He's a layabout. He, he watches old 80s movies and drinks Coors and, and you know, gets up to shenanigans, I guess. God. Um, alone? Alone? Lonely shenanigans? Lone wolf shenanigans. Wow. Because, like, these guys, like, seem like, they seem like they're good friends and they're fond of each other, but, like, it's kind of like how, you know... What you... good friends do you not talk to for a year? Well, you know, when you lived on the East Coast and I lived on the West Coast, we'd we see each other about least... once a year, you know, it's like that. We are also there old were high school also... friends, you Yeah, know? what kind of losers only hang out with their high school friends? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But there were emails and I mean, calls. Were there, were there really... Okay, maybe we're not the friends we thought we were. You know, we're finding it out right now. It's so happening live, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't find that unrealistic. Like, you know, they're like, they all have their own lives. And like, then like, maybe they, you know, they, they like get together like once in a while. And so they are learning, like, because I think he started Cobra Kai like a year before this. So in this episode, like all of them are like, so what you doing? Still laying bricks. And, you know, he says he opened a dojo. He says it's called Cobra Kai. And the reaction is very, like, negative immediately. They're like, yeah. what? Cobra Kai, like, almost ruined all of our lives. You know, all that no mercy bullshit. I do feel like maybe, I mean, they when they do flashback to the scenes from the 80s, it's them on their dirt bikes. And I'm wondering, like, maybe there was a subset of Cobra Kai that really was, like, a gang. Like, they were, like, chasing down teens and maybe, like, you know, and getting I mean, into gang stuff. And no one is, like, very fond of Crease. They're especially, like, alarmed when they learn I mean, who that can Kreese really love Crease? And I mean, besides me. <laughs> besides you. I, and I mean, apparently, I mean, Johnny's a little bit, again, I get the whole narrative point, which is that, like, Johnny is now the patron saint of second chances, and he's giving Crease a second chance now, and he's telling his buddies, Cobra Kai can change, I'm changing it, and you know what? Crease can change, too. But it's it's a little bit, like, when his buddies, like, they ask him, like, well, do you trust him? And it's just like, Johnny, why would you trust him? Like, I know that you believe in second chances, but, like, you also, like, you're not an idiot, are you? Like, you yeah. see this man pouting at your class. And, like... I think that's why they had so many scenes of Johnny kind of... Like, you see when he when he has a setback, he kind of goes to pieces and he he's drink he's day drinking and he's, like, getting in up to no good. So I think he sees a little bit of that, like, self-destructive instinct i mean he doesn't seem to know that it's completely fake because <laughs> crease is a survivor guys yeah I, I mean to the extent that he day drinks he's doing it but he's always got his angle you know see that's what okay that's what gets me about crease is like a totally unrealistic villain in every way like all right if you go to like if you watch the karate kid one and two before three when let's face it reality goes off the rails right <laughs> like you see him in his, his dojo He's an asshole. He's a jerk. And, like, during the tournament, like, when he has, like, I think it's Bobby take a cheap shot at Daniel in order to injure him, it's actually so Johnny can win, right? Like, because he, I mean, but ultimately, he's an asshole and he's a jerk, but he has a goal in mind, which is my dojo is going to win the tournament, right? Um, And then, like, in the next episode, or sorry, the next movie, when you see him, like, basically, like, choking Johnny for getting second place, you're like... Okay, he's an asshole, and he also has, like, rage issues. Which is, like, all of this is sort of, like, not out of the realm of of possibility. That someone could have rage issues, that someone could be obsessed with winning. But, like, you see him in with his weird machinations and death faking in Karate Kid 3, and with this entire season, 
he doesn't seem like he has rage issues. He doesn't seem like he has, like, that he wants to win at all costs. He just seems like an agent of chaos. Yeah, he's just a grifter. He's just a grifter. But, like, what do you want, man? Like, you've already grifted your way into, like, working at this dojo, and now you got a place to sleep that isn't the homeless shelter. Why are you trying to turn them into a murder cult? It won't win them any tournaments. And, like, also, like, it would make sense if he was, like, you know, if he told somebody to, like, finish, like, the kid on the floor because he was just really angry, like, if he was, his rage was coming out, but instead he's just, like, this cool, manipulative mastermind. He just wants pure, unadulterated power. He just wants the world to burn. And right. I, I just, just don't get it. And I just, as much as I'm like, I know Johnny wants to give people second chances because he wants a second chance. Like, this is ludicrous. Yeah. He is a homeless and man. Also, Throw him out. As soon as Johnny took that phone call and I was like, you're going to leave the dojo unattended? Increase his hands? Have you lost your mind? Yes. Actual homeless man, John Crease. My Stop. God. I'm sorry. Listeners, I don't have anything against homeless people. I'm just saying, like, why I would you know. put all your faith in this dude who was pretending he was staying at, like, a, a fancy hotel when instead he's, like, somewhere where he's worried about people stealing his shoes? Like, what? why? <laughs> what are you doing? He's got some, so many watches, guys, and they've all been stolen by hotel staff. <laughs> oh, there's there's one more thing we got to mention about oh, this yeah. episode. Um, of course, when Johnny and his old karate chums are at this bar, they get into a bar fight. And it is awesome. It is awesome. It is my favorite part of this entire episode. Um, there's just something really, I feel like Cobra Kai was almost meant for bar fights. Right. It's it's the style of fighting where it's like, yeah, all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. It's real world. You're not, you don't have time to do kata. You don't have time to do wheel technique. Fuck it. <laughs> There's no wheel technique yeah, here, guys. Maybe the most brutal part is the guy that starts the fight um, has a gauge in his ear. Oh. And it's and he gets ripped out. And it's just like, it is very gory. And also, like, I hate the way that looks. Yeah. I kind of like thought that was unnecessary. Gauges are the least sexy thing oh. on anybody. Oh, oh that's what she meant. I thought you meant ripping it out. but Yes, all of it. Because the guy is like, faces bathed in blood and it's it's really gory yeah it was a bit extra but like you know he uh first you see him harass like a, a girl at the bar and then like you see him like harass tommy because saying that he's like the ugliest make-a-wish patient so anyways johnny starts this fight they're all in it um my favorite part actually was i wrote down his name jimmy the guy with the bluetooth who clearly has, like, not been in a fight since he was in high school. Like, you see him, like, hold up his fists like he's amazed that they're still there. Yeah, and that was my thing. I was like, have you guys been practicing? Because they, they still seem too good. Jimmy, for... yeah, I know. Jimmy especially. It's like, buddy. Or, like, the priest, Bobby. Come on. When was the last time you were in a fight? It's not like riding a bicycle, is it? Maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. know. In this twisted world. Um, I wrote down... Straight thought, why do boomers love high school so much? Huh. What was that about? Oh, yeah. It was just this, like, I don't know. Does everyone remember high school this, like, fondly? And, like, to the extent one remembers it at all, it's just strange. You know what's interesting is that studies show that uh, people have a peak of, like, like in the, in, when they look back on their lives and it's, like, what parts of it do you remember most vividly? Most uh, most people, it's high school because a lot of, like, new first-time experiences happen to them. I do not feel that way. I don't remember high school that well. Yeah. Um, I probably remember college better, but maybe that's because I was, like, a late bloomer and more things happened to me in college than happened in high school. I don't know. Yeah. Listeners, write in. Tell us what you think of human memory. I always thought it was a boomer thing. Like, maybe it is because high school seems like 
more I don't know, like it's it's got this like classic like cheerleaders and football players yeah, and, and that I don't know. I don't feel like high school's like that anymore as much. Yeah, well when you think of for example, like the movies that defined Gen Gen Xers, um, they're all set like high school is a dystopia. Like oh, that's not true, yeah. yeah, like the Heathers, like high school is hell and and you need to leave it behind. So it's not but for the boomers, I feel like all of their movies were like this is the best time of your lives. These are where your friendships are made. And like, it's, it's just interesting. I don't know. Yeah. And it is kind of like, I really did like the Cobra Kai reunion, but it is just kind of like, oh boy, the boomers are getting on their motorcycles. Yeah. One wonders if when they opened Cobra Kai, they were like, Daniel and Johnny are more similar than dissimilar in that they both reminisce and, and kind of memorialize the past and romanticize it. And everyone else has kind of moved on with their lives. So these two actually have a weird, unique bond That's and true. can learn from each other. But now I'm like seeing all the Cobra Kai people, it's like everyone is just stuck in the goddamn past. Actually, I, I, I disagree with you. I do not think that the other... Now I know their names, guys! Bobby, Tommy, and Jimmy. I don't think they seem like they're stuck in the past. Like, they all seem like they're, they're well, pretty Well, one of them has a Bluetooth, so one of them clearly has learned... One of them is in the future... Like, he's got a wife and kids, and, like, yeah, they all, aside from Tommy, who is dying, like, they all seem, like, pretty, like, yeah, like, the other two seem like, okay, yeah, Cobra Kai was a thing we I'm did. sad that there wasn't, like, an intermediary episode where it's just, like, Johnny falling down into the internet. Like, there should have been, when he discovered it, there should have been at least two lost weeks where the dojo was shut down, where he was like, okay, I'm on this Reddit thread. I found I was, all the porn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, I remember when they... That episode, it's a couple episodes ago, when he does use the internet for the first time, you see him look up wet t-shirt contests, and I just kept thinking, like, oh, that is the tip so of pure. an iceberg. Yeah. Oh my god, it goes so much deeper than that, Johnny, but, uh, yeah, that would have been fun. But I, I do think that you're right, that that is the connection between Daniel and Johnny, but, like, for their respective reasons, like, high school was the most vivid time in their lives, and they're still kind of there to some extent. I would say, look, look at me, I'm actually giving both of them the benefit of the doubt. I would say it was because Johnny was with Allie then, who was apparently the love of his life, and Daniel had Mr. Miyagi, who was the father that he never had at that time period. And I would say the love of his life. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to be so crass about it, but yes. Can we also talk about who else was in love with Allie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember his name. Tommy. Because... Tommy was in love with Allie. Right. Um, just further proving that Allie is just, just the most beautiful woman also, in the world. Also, can I just... It blows my mind when someone says, I'm in love with her. I never had the guts to ask her out. Dude, you weren't in love with her. Right? Okay. You never went on a single date with her. Maybe you had an intense crush and you've been holding a torch for 20 years. Johnny at least has a two-year relationship to kind of get stuck on. It's it's very hard to be in love with someone like when it's just like, we never had an intimate moment Never. Or, or conversation, yeah. but it was It's like finding out someone who you sit next to on the bus for 20 years is a thing for you. It's like... Okay. But yeah, it's the thing, you have a thing for me. You're yeah. not, like, in love with me. Right. You wouldn't, like, lay down your life for me. Or maybe you would, but it would be creepy. And that's the thing. This is his dying secret. He never told anyone. Well, next, yeah. That's the last thing he says to Johnny, and then he dies the next day. I just think, God, Allie, what is up with Allie? Yeah, I mean, she's, like, she's spunky. You know, I liked her yeah. in the movie. I expected to, to dislike her more, but instead I was just like, oh, yeah, no, 
she's like spunky. She's cool. Yeah, she brings a personality. She's to got a personality. She's got game too. Like she goes after after Daniel, not the other way around. Um, the only thing that's just super weird is that she does not seem to like Johnny at all. Yeah, I mean that breakup must have been pretty bad because she's basically just like you make me sick. Me, and you I know, mean, Johnny's I'm... like we're in love. I'm really looking forward to. I mean, let's face it. I think Allie is coming back, and I would love to see her reminiscing about her maybe she was just a player like she was like this two-year relationship and then she was actually concurrent i was in a simultaneous two-year yeah, relationship she... with bobby dun 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 right yeah <laughs> um i don't know in which case go Allie. Um, yeah they do just seem to be setting up like a return of Allie kind of yeah. plot for the third season <sighs> any any final thoughts about this episode three thoughts i just thought of one and really i wish i hadn't um if you're wondering about the fallout from Sam and Robbie's almost kiss from the last episode, uh, yes, they exchange a furtive glance and agree that it didn't mean anything. You know why? Because it doesn't mean anything. I'd like to also mention that they have some of this conversation when they are trying to lift a big slab with Dimitri standing approximately two millimeters away from him. I mean, is he just furniture now? Like, they're just yeah. like, so what did the kiss mean? And it's like, shouldn't you wait for a private moment for this kind of conversation? But then again, Dimitri was, like, born to be a third wheel. That's so. true. Yeah, that, He's that's... never not around. <laughs> oh, Dimitri. Um, so what would you rate this episode? Um, I think... In terms of, I don't think they've ever done an episode quite like this. So for novelty's sake and seeing the gang together, I'll give it a three. I think uh, three, a band, no, uh, I got it. Um, three crease run studios. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. How about you? I think that's a fair, fair grade because I feel like the scene with, or the scenes with Johnny and his old friends on the road trip, like... I like those, the scenes with the the weird dojo conflict escalating. I'm not much of a fan. Three's a good way to split the baby, I think. Um, I will give it three old motorcycles on a reminiscent road trip. Oh my god, I'm changing my rating. Oh, you can't change your... Okay, fine, what? Three body bags, goddammit. R.I.P. Timmy! Oh, that's better. Tommy! Tommy! <laughs> Somebody get a body bag. Somebody get a body bag for one of the three identically named baby boomers in this. <laughs> um, man, names were terrible back then. Right? I mean, no internet and the names. It was hard. Right. Boomers, right in. Defend your generation. Yeah, I know. Uh, because this is not doing it. Uh, what What was so special about high school? Come on. <laughs> All right, you ready to close it out? Yeah, and with that, strike first. <laughs> strike hard. Somebody no. get a body bag. No mercy. No mercy.